0: again everybody. I don't think I could do that quite right. (laughs) Good morning again everybody. Thank you. I always apologise because I still am getting used to speaking in public with people actually sitting there. Um, I did have a year of preaching to a camera so it's a bit unnerving to have people there, particularly when you're all wearing masks and it looks like I'm being, you know, addressing a, a, a gangster convention. So anyway, but it's okay. Uh, Every year, as we start, I try to think uh, with uh, the other staff and leaders of St. Mark's, what is a topic that will guide us through uh, our year as a church? So last year we were thinking about Uh, the topic of creation and how do we know about uh, what the world is that God's made and how he works in it and we look at different books in the Bible that uh, have that theme. This year as I was reflecting I thought this is a year I'd like us to think as a church about the Holy Spirit, to have a year when we reflect together as a church about the Holy Spirit and what we learn about him and the Holy Spirit's work in the Bible. I think it's appropriate for us uh, in 2021 to uh, to be doing that uh, I think that in terms of our experience as a church, we can find some resonances with uh, the church uh, as they were waiting for the Holy Spirit. So if we read the book of Acts, as we will, we read that the disciples after Jesus spent the first period of time um, after Jesus had uh, risen from the dead, uh, hanging together in small rooms, locked in, waiting for some, waiting to be able to get out. And I think we know what that feels like, uh, to be locked in, to be waiting and they learned that this was they were actually waiting for the Holy Spirit to come on them so that they could go out and do the work that God had given them to do. Uh, and so I think this is a good um, metaphor for us, or it's a good season for us to think. We have been locked in for the last year, and it may be time for us as a church and as a community to think about what it means to go out into the world to be with God's Spirit and to see what he has for us. So that's why I chose this topic for the year. I think it's time for us to embrace the fact that the kingdom of God is around us and God is calling us to do things. And that's why I am doing this Dreams and Vision sessions for us in a couple of weeks. So, we're starting a new series today, looking at uh, it's called Go with the Spirit. And we're looking at the opening chapters of uh, the book of Acts. So, we're looking just at this term at chapters 1 to 8 of this uh, book. Uh, which basically we're finishing the story just before it gets to the Apostle Paul and uh, his work and his conversion and his mission trips and so I think this particular section of the book of Acts looks at this early period in the life of the church when they were just starting to learn what it meant that they were a church Jesus had been risen from the dead they received as we all read the blessing of the Holy Spirit and they were beginning to learn to live in this new way in this new season they were a group now with a purpose and with a power and if you read these early chapters of Acts the church had this great sense of uh, boldness freedom it was a time of transformation it was a time of change they were willing to do new things they were confident that God was with them and so I think this is for us an invitation to get into that uh, season to understand it to imitate it and to embrace what the Holy Spirit's doing among us so that's why we're starting this season this series today. So we're looking at the book of Acts. So you may not be familiar with this book. It's the longest book in the uh, New Testament. And Acts is actually a sequel. We love sequels these days. Every every movie that comes out is a sequel of some kind today. Uh, So the book of Acts is actually part two of a series of writings by the writer Luke, who wrote the gospel as well. And he was writing to explain to people who Jesus was and what his apostles had done and to convince them of the reality of who Jesus was. So uh, he's writing, as we heard in the uh, opening of our reading, he's writing to a man named Theophilus. That means the lover of God. So he may be a real person or he may be writing to people who love and care about God, uh, particularly uh, pagans, Gentiles, who are interested in learning more about God and about Jesus. And so, yes, part one of Luke's story is the Gospel of Luke. And he writes about Jesus, all that Jesus did. Um, Then we get to part two. So the book of Acts is actually part two. It's the story of Jesus' apostles, his disciples, after Jesus left them. And there's actually possibly, people believe, may have been part three, uh, which we unfortunately have lost. Uh, So maybe one day we'll get to read that in heaven, what Luke said after the end of this. But we get part two in the book of Acts. So why is it called Acts? The title of the book in Greek is actually just the word acts or doings. That's all it says. So the question is, what acts or whose acts are we talking about in this book? Uh, There are a few different ideas. One is it may be the acts of the apostles. That's a common thing to say. So this is what Jesus' disciples did after he left. It could be Jesus' acts himself, because Jesus is still considered to be very active in the book of Acts, so maybe it's more about what Jesus did. Some people say perhaps it's the acts of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is very active and very present in the book of Acts as well. Could be all, could be any of those, but it's the acts. It's things that happened. It's things that people did. And today the book of Acts starts with an introduction that overlaps with the end of the Gospel of Luke. Uh, transitioning from Jesus and his story to the story of the apostles. So if you read the end of the book of Luke, you get uh, a lot of the things that we just read at the beginning here. And I think what Luke is doing here as he starts this story of Acts is asking, well, these acts are going to happen, the apostles of Jesus are going to be doing things, and what is it that's actually going to be empowering and sustaining them as they do it? What's going to set the scene? What's going to set them off as they go out and do all these things? And I think the answer that Luke gives, and he, which is elaborated over the coming chapters, is that the acts are going to come from the heavenly presence of Jesus, the heavenly presence of Christ, and the earthly presence of the Holy Spirit. So the acts of Jesus' church are going to come from the heavenly presence of Jesus and the earthly presence of the Holy Spirit. So now I need to explain more about what that means. But if you keep that in mind, I think that's what the book of Acts is about. And so Jesus here teaches them that... This age is going to be an age when the the Spirit of God is present on the earth in a way that is new to them or a new new experience. So as he says to them in verses 5 to 8 of our reading, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has said by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus finally finally rejects here the idea that the kingdom of God or his kingdom is going to be a political uh, entity. They're not going to go out and conquer the world. He's sending them out in a different kingdom, a spiritual kingdom. And they're going to witness to that kingdom in a new way now when the Spirit comes on them. And they'll be witnesses throughout the whole world. So they say, you begin in Jerusalem, that's your hometown, you go out to Judea and Samaria, that's the local countryside, and then to the ends of the earth. So this, this witness is going to go out to the whole world, and of course here we are today. It's, it's, it's come all the way around the world to Emerald. So these acts are going to come. So, so I believe that the book of Acts starts with a reflection on the heavenly presence of Jesus. The earthly presence of the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is, I think the book of Acts has the understanding that Luke is saying here that in this period of this season of the world, heaven and earth are no longer separate. They are overlapping, they interlock with each other. The presence of God in the world and our presence with God. Next week, we're going to read about the day of Pentecost. That's the day. When the Holy Spirit is poured out on the church, the earthly presence of the Spirit comes in a new way. Heaven is opened and comes to earth. Today we're going to think more about the other side of that, the heavenly presence of Jesus. That heaven is open to the earth. So I want to think for you today a bit about that idea of Jesus being present in heaven or the ascension. What we call the going up into heaven. So in verse nine it says, after Jesus said these things to them, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hit him from their sight. So he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hit him from their sight. So this is a this is an idea of Jesus going to heaven. It's called the Ascension. Sometimes it has a particular day in churches when they celebrate it. I think the the Ascension tends to be something of a forgotten doctrine in the church, we think a lot about the cross of Jesus, maybe his resurrection. Very very rarely do people talk about the ascension of Jesus and what that might mean, it's, which is a shame because the ascension is actually all through the New Testament. People talk about it all the time in the letters of the apostles, um, particularly the book of Hebrews, thinks about it a lot. It's actually one of the key things that the disciples wanted to talk about. So the ascension of Jesus and going up into into heaven. I think, though, the re- one of the reasons why we don't talk about it is because it's actually a bit embarrassing for us to read it in the way that it's written here in the Book of Acts. Um, particularly because when you read this, it sounds sort of a bit like Jesus is a bit of an astronaut. Uh, if you read this, like he sort of zooms off, zooms up into the sky and goes away, doesn't it? It says he was lifted up, and. Um, we know very well of course that if you just go up into the sky you'll just keep going and going and going and hit the moon maybe and you know on your way out to the solar system. Um, I was trying to figure out if you left earth at the speed of light how far you would go in 2,000 years you know you'd get across the galaxies at some point but so for us it seems like well what's going on here this seems to be a bit of an old school idea Um, and so it's hard for us to understand what it means for Jesus to ascend into heaven and I think it's the problem we have though is that our view of the universe is different to the ancient world and in that in that time the the heavens is a spiritual idea so when you leave the earth you're actually going to be in a new spiritual dimension i think if we understand that it can help us to understand what's going on so the real significance of the ascension when jesus is lifted up before them and disappears into a cloud and it was understood to be so is that jesus is actually now entering into the, the heavenly dimension of reality so the presence of god beyond space and time beyond our physical world in a new place before god that's where he's going he's ascending into a new place Um, and so the point of the ascension is that from that position then in heaven he's allows now this two-way communication between heaven and earth the kingdom of god can come into the world in a new way including the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And people can approach God in a new way because Jesus is in heaven before God. So there's, this is actually talked about in many places in the New Testament. Let me give you some examples. So Jesus himself talks about this in John chapter 16, verse 7, when he's in his final uh, teaching to his disciples before the cross. He says to them, But tr- very truly I tell you, it's for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you but if I go, I will send him to you. What's he saying here? I will go into the heavenly world and I will send God's spirit to you. Unless I do that, I can't open this up for you. It's the ascension he's talking about. The ascension also shows that Jesus is able now to be present to all creation. So in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10, the apostle Paul says, he who descended, that is he who died, is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So now Jesus is present to the whole universe from this heavenly place, able to affect all affect all of space and time, all of us and to be part of and to bring out God's plan. It's like the key position in the universe ascended to that. And finally, Jesus says Jesus is representing now, the apostles teach, humanity in, in the presence of God, kind of like a high priest in the old temple. So in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24, the letter says, For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands, there was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. I think that, well, the uh, song we sang, uh, the new song we sang today, what's it called? Come Good and Gracious King. We're talking about approaching God. Well, how do we approach God? Well, he says, Jesus has approached God for us. He is there in, in heaven. So because of that, we can now come before God as human beings ourselves too. So the ascension, this is, there's these many meanings, and this is what, it, what it's about. And it's really saying that Jesus hasn't gone away from earth. He is actually now present in a new way and, and allowing heaven and its reality to enter into our world in this age. Okay. So that's why it's not an age of waiting, but it's an age of acts. It's an age of doing, because Jesus is acting in heaven. So I think when we think about whose acts these are, the acts are the acts of Jesus. He has ascended into heaven. But it's also the acts of the Holy Spirit who has come to earth, and the acts of the apostles, the acts of the church, empowered by this reality. So it's just acts, and it's our acts too, and I think if we read this book, it's important for us to understand that the acts that we're talking about are the things that Jesus said to his disciples, are the things that he says to us. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, throughout the hills. Emerald, cockatoo, whatever comes next. Jembrook. That's about his father. There we go. Now. So Jesus is ascended into heaven to send His Spirit on us, and He is our representative in heaven before God. And His presence is on the world; is continues in the world because ascended into heaven, He is present to the all of creation. So this is what the ascension means, and it's actually the basis of the fact that the church exists because Jesus is still with us. There's an interesting. Uh, gap in this story though so if you look at the the ascension of jesus between his ascension and between the the day of pentecost is a number of days it's a sort of gap jesus ascends to heaven and then the spirit comes down a bit later and people have thought about this gap and what does it mean why does it take a few days for this to kind of work and one of the reflections that people have had is that probably this gap between ascension and pentecost may be meant to teach the disciples and to teach us what it means to wait for the presence of the Holy Spirit to come on the world, to yearn, to desire God's work in our lives, to be waiting and hoping for this new kingdom and this new season to come. I think we need to learn that the Holy Spirit is not under our control. We don't call him down. He comes down to us through, from Jesus. We don't know the seasons, as Jesus said. We don't know the time the kingdom is going to come. We're waiting for him. And so I think we do need to learn in this time. We are, st- we are perhaps waiting for the Spirit to work in a new way in the life of our church or in our personal lives. We need to actually learn to wait and to go with the Spirit and his time and his season and to trust that, we're God- that God will be working. And when he does, to act and to take part in what he's doing. And so that's why I think our question this year needs to be what is God doing in this, world, in this community around us and how can we be part of where he's acting? And what are the acts that he's calling us specifically to do? So I'd encourage us all to have an attitude of openness to this, to be waiting and to be hopeful because we know that Jesus has ascended into heaven and he is there right now before God, our, our representative and sending the spirit upon his people. So because of that, we can trust that he will act on our behalf and we can act for him so we're going to have some time now to reflect on that to pray and to sing I'd like to close my word in prayer and then we're going to move on to another time of intercession so let me pray Lord Jesus as we read this today we remember that you did ascend to heaven, not to go away, but to be present intimately to all parts of this world, to every person. We pray that today you would send your spirit upon us again. We are waiting, we are hoping. Lord, give us the power to act. And I pray that all of us here today would know your presence with us through your Holy Spirit. Amen.